Hey readers, welcome to the Brantford Public Library's Juicebox Book Talks. I'm Leanna. And I'm Laura. We are two Library 11 techs working in the Child and Youth Programming Department with a passion for children's literature. And this is the place to discover new and exciting book recommendations for kids. In each episode, we discuss a book we've read together as a buddy read, and then we choose a variety of titles for different ages based upon theme. We will explore books, spoiler free, available at the library in print and digital form, which include picture books, junior fiction, and graphic novels. So find your favorite book nook, get comfy, and let's get started. Hi, Laura. Hi, Anna. How are you? I'm good. How's it going? Good. Happy New Year. Happy. Oh, I guess it's like it's not Christmas yet, Laura. We're recording a couple days before Christmas, but this will drop the second week of January. So I guess it is, I guess it is officially 2022. 2022. First episode, Juicebox Book Talks episode in 2022. The podcast where we rate and review all the books about juice. No, 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 don't worry. <laughs> Everyone stop listening. Okay. But just the children's books. We don't read anything over 250 pages. Who has time for that? Okay. No joke. Sorry, that was terrible. I practiced on my daughter and she laughed. So if there's kids listening, maybe they will giggle. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay. So we thought um, it would be a good idea. I think we did this last year too, in January. Yes. We, did our, yep. we did our best of list. So this is our favorite books um, of 2021. However, I should add that we did talk about a lot of great books throughout the year. For and sure. We don't want to repeat those nope. talks. We don't like, we want this to be a fresh list. So we, in no yeah. way is this like the, the, you know, the best list. recap. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, you know, there's lots of great books that were published that we already talked about. We're not going to talk about them in this episode because we yeah. want this to be a fresh list. For sure. So as always, let's start with our buddy read. Now, again, I have something to add before we start talking about this buddy read. I think the buddy read should contain spoilers and we're not going to do it today because I mean, we say in our intro that we don't discuss spoilers mm. but I love this I have so much to say about this book and it's I know so difficult to not talk about spoilers but we won't mm. we won't unless people are okay with that they can let us know I think we'll give little tidbits but not give everything away okay okay so we okay so why don't we tell them what we read let's do that so our buddy read was RJ Plasio's latest book called Pony. It was published in September of 2021. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty, it's pretty new. Yes. Pretty new. Um, so very quickly, um, the setup for this one. So it's set in 1860. So we're looking at the late 19th century and we've got Silas and his dad, um, Martin Bird, and they they live in this remote fictional town called Boneville, which is supposed to be in Ohio, and they're visited by three armed men in the middle of the night, and they're like, what's going on? Um, and these men are looking for someone named Mac Boat, who they think is Silas's dad, Martin. He's like, well, that's not me, and they're like, well, we have someone looking for you and we're going to take you away. So Silas is like, oh my gosh, what, like, what's going to happen? He's super scared. It's the middle of the night. They're in this like middle of nowhere farm house. Right. So his dad is like, okay, Silas, I'm going to go. Um, I'll be back in a couple days. So Silas is, he's a 12 year old boy, boy left alone. So his dad goes off with these three men. So Silas waits, I think he waits till the next morning because he's visited by a pony and he thinks that's a sign. The pony is a sign for him to go find his dad. So this is about Silas going on a crazy journey. Journey, totally. Looking for his dad. Yeah. Except Silas really isn't alone. He has, mm, I guess you could call it them like a sidekick, imaginary ghost friend named Mittenwool. And Mittenwool is really the shining star to this whole book. My favorite character. Absolutely. 
And he, so he goes on this adventure with his ghost sidekick, Mittenwall, and this pony that has appeared and he seeks out the whereabouts of his dad. Yeah. This book I found like, there were so many different layers to the book and so many things that you could pick and note on as you read it. Um, it was really well done. Definitely a departure from wonder because you're thinking RJ Palacio, Oh, wonder. And no, this is not it at all. And, and I, I don't know if you read the author's notes at the end about all the research and everything she did about this book, like, and the time that she spent writing it. Um, yeah, definitely like a really interesting story. And yeah, I, don't, I just, I love the whole like spiritual element with the ghosts and spirits and this pony that suddenly appeared. If you believe in spirit animals, I mean, that all came into play. Like, I just thought it was a really beautiful book and definitely like not meant just for, for children, like as an adult, if you like historical fiction, especially this is a fantastic read. So, yeah. And I think it, I think one of the, it's hard to really define a specific genre for pony mm-hmm. because it's not just a yeah. historical fiction it's an adventure story it's a western yep. it's a mystery it has all of those parano- paranormal elements it really yep. reminded me a lot of like victoria schwab's city of ghosts mm-hmm. i mean completely different but the same but, like yeah setting this i feel like this 1860 um setting it could have really been any time like mm-hmm. it was a really I don't know it was it was amazing yeah. um there was like you mentioned wonder it is a huge departure from the world of wonder but she still captures the voice of a young boy absolutely Perfect. so perfectly like, yeah I don't she's just such does. a strong writer right I mean it doesn't matter if and that's the thing I feel like I'm I'm glad she made this departure because I don't want her to just be known for wonder because she really like this is it's a remarkable book it really is it really so. is and I think we it's important for us to add um like I was super bummed to see that it was sitting on the shelf of the library me too um a couple of weeks ago and I think it's important to add this but so I don't know, I know where you're going. <laughs> I don't know who her cover artist is, but the cover art is terrible. And it's one of those books that I think a lot of kids are eyeing on the shelves and they're passing it right on by because it For looks sure. like this. Maybe it's like a John Wayne Western. Like I, I think of John Wayne, which is dating me, obviously, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't capture the brilliance that is this book. Yeah, I think the even the name point, like the title and the cover, really are detrimental to this story. Like, I think she should have had something with Mittenwall on the cover because, like I said, he, it, them, <laughs> they, yeah. were the shining star of this story. So I, I, I just really want people to pick it up, even if it doesn't quite look Catch like something that yeah. you will enjoy. Because I assure you this story, like it's a brilliant story. It really is. I listened to it. I read it each time was just, it was just a, it's a wonderful experience. Definitely check it out. I'm so glad we kicked off our buddy read for this year with pony. Cause I think it, yeah, it was a great one. Absolutely. Okay. So my first book I'm going to talk about is a picture book. It's Oliver Jeffers' latest, There's a Ghost in This House, and it is sensational. I actually ended up buying it because I adore Oliver Jeffers. I adore all of his books. I think this one is equal, it's just as brilliant as his backlist. Um, it was sort of missed at the library. I think it came in a bit late. So we missed it for the October episode because it would have been a perfect, you know. Totally. Holiday. Yep. Um, could we read one? Oh, I loved it so much. I love it so much. So this one follows a little green girl. She's got green skin and she invites, it's an interactive picture book and she invites the reader into her old creepy mansion. And she's like, I'm looking for ghosts. Help me find some ghosts. And she's getting frustrated. She's like, I can't find them. Where are they? And so Oliver Jeffers, each book, or sorry, pardon me, each page has like a transparent page. So every time you turn the page, the transparent page, you see the ghosts, but she misses them. 
It's, oh my God, I love that. It's beautiful. So she's lurking oh. around corners. She's looking in cupboards. She's looking under the bed and she's like, I don't see the ghosts. Where are the ghosts? And you turn the transparent page and it's like, there's a ghost, but she misses it. I, I love it. It's adorable. I think he is just a go-to picture book author. Like if it, if Oliver Jeffers names on something, your kids are going to love it. I would recommend this obviously for kids four to eight. I would also like, if you liked, um, what was it called? Rebecca Green's How to Make Friends with a Ghost. Do you remember that one, Laura? If you like that one, definitely, a great book, for sure. definitely check that out. Um, I actually have like an art print of that Rebecca Green book. That's a read. It's, it's great. It's super cute. I mean, the ghosts, it's not scary. Um, there's a creepy element because it's ghosts, but the ghosts are like huggable. They're adorable. So that's Oliver Jeffers. There's a ghost in this house. Okay. My next picture book, I'm moving along to nonfiction. And I read Rachel Ignatowski's What's Inside of a Flower and Other Questions About Science and Nature. Rachel is like a brilliant illustrator. She's one of those author illustrators where you immediately recognize her books on the shelves. She has a very distinct, almost like quirky, cute, just absolutely stunning artwork. She's done a lot of nonfiction narrative, like all the, all the nonfiction narrative Laura and I have talked about and how nonfiction isn't the books aren't what they used to be. Like they're really captivating. She plays a lot into that because her artwork is so stunning. And it's just, you, you see the cover and you just immediately want to bring it up, pick it up and read about whatever it's about. She's done totally. the women in science books, the 50 fearless athletes, um, women in art, all this like historical nonfiction stuff that you're like oh I wasn't I wasn't sure I was interested in that but you see her like her artwork and you're like I'm gonna pick this up so what's inside of a flower you take a journey you're following this flowering plant as it goes from a seed to a bud and eventually blooms it's the perfect book if you have kids that are interested in science and it's like a super fun way to learn about science. So that's Rachel Ignatowski's What's Inside of a Flower and Other Questions About Science and Nature. All right, I'm going to spring off of what Leanna just talked about with her nonfiction pick. And I actually have a really cute nonfiction, non, oh my gosh, nonfiction pick this for this year, really. Um, it's actually a re-issue, re re-release of a picture of a picture book that was released in 1986. It was quite controversial back then. It's called The Bare Naked Book by Kathy Stinson. And this new updated version is illustrated by Melissa Cho. The pictures there are absolutely adorable. And it is basically what you think it is. It's the bare naked book. So of course, in 1986, this, this made waves because it showed things in the book. But I love that Kathy Stinson said, you know what, it's the year 2021. We've got to update this book to represent and include everything that we see now in our world. So I love that this book is, it's updated, it's diverse, it's inclusive, it's, um, it shows representation and appearance of every body shape, piercing, skin color, tattoos, scars. I love that it has stretch marks, piercings, hair, clothing, hearing aids, glasses, wheelchairs. I mean, you name it, it's all represented in this book. The book is marketed to preschoolers and kindergarten. However, I really feel this is a great book for any kid to pick up. Um, because of what it represents. Every page has something different in it and it's going to introduce you to your body, you know, different parts of it. Um, it's just a great book. It also, I feel that it really pairs well. There was another picture book that came out this year. It's called Bodies Are Cool by Tyler Fetter. I know that this book is on lots of great best of um, lists for the year 2021. So that's why I chose the bare naked book as opposed to bodies are cool I mean not that saying that bodies are cool isn't great it absolutely is a fantastic book and it's on order at the library um, but definitely I highly encourage you to pick up the bare naked book by Kathy Stinson and illustrated by Melissa Cho okay I'm going to jump in with my first two middle grade books the first one is Frankie and Bug by Gail Foreman and she is she's I think 
think this is her first middle grade. It is, yeah. Okay, it this is. is the first middle grade because I've read a lot of her YA, YA. Yeah. for young adult, and she's she's a heavy hitter when it comes to she the YA. She really is, for sure. So I was excited to see this one, um, and it I, I was a little nervous. Like, whenever, I mean, this is happening, like, more and more often as a lot of YA authors are delving into the middle grade scene. Actually, my next two that I'm talking about are did exactly that. So you get a little mm-hmm. nervous because you're like, why are you writing middle grade? And I think, anyways, she does a brilliant job with Frankie and Bug. The cover, like, it's adorable. It's the sweetest, like, yes, it's the totally. Of, it's the opposite of Pony. Yes. <laughs> you see it on the shelf and you're like, I, you're immediately drawn to it. So this one is about um, Bug, um, <clears throat> Beatrice Contreras. She is totally bummed out because she wants to have some fun in the summer but she has an older brother who all of a sudden is like see you later I'm not hanging out with my little sister I'm gonna be I need my you know mature teen time and she's they live in Venice California so she lives really close to the beach so she's missing out on a bunch of her past summers with her brother because her brother basically ditches her so bugs super sad until her mom's best friend who lives in their apartment complex his nephew comes to visit and that nephew is Frankie so this story is about Frankie and Bug summer together at first they're not sure of each other but they sort of they start to bond because there is a serial killer at large named the Midnight Marauder and they're like set on figuring out who the serial killer is. Is this really about you in the 1980s, Leanna? This is me. This is totally me. Seriously. Tracking down Ted Bundy. Although that was, anyway, no. I I know that sounds super dark for a middle grade. It doesn't get into like, you know, graphic details, but I just thought it was a super fun and cool element where the, there's these, there's a 10 year old. And I think Frankie's around the same age. And that's how they're sort of bonding together. And Frankie's from like, Ohio or something and he comes to stay with his uncle and it's it's just a, it's a fun fun summer read however I have to add there's lots of triggers Foreman I mean she's not shy for talking about some heavy topics this is set this is I guess historical fiction because it's set in 1987 and she discusses issues that are prevalent today but at a time when they were perceived and dealt with a lot differently. So she talks about like being transgender, being gay, the whole AIDS epidemic, every, like everything that is still a thing today, but is just, was, oh, just not so, handled, yeah, so different not handled the same yeah. way. And you read it and you're like, oh my goodness, the, the prejudice, the violence, there's some violent scenes, like it's pretty heavy, but still like an absolute delight, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I absolutely loved it. That's Gail Foreman's middle grade novel that I would recommend 10 plus just because of those issues, um, Frankie and Bug. Okay, so my next book is also by an author who writes amazing um, YA books and has recently, I think as of last year, started to delve into the middle grade scene. And that's Nick Stone's Fast Pitch. Now she is a go-to buy or borrow for me. I think she's totally. fantastic. I love her. I have a little bit of a crush on her. I think she's just an amazing human. Her covers are amazing too, by the way. They just get you. They They're are. simple, yet they get you. They're like, I love the simplicity of her covers. There you go. Mm-hmm. And she's really good at writing a contemporary middle grade novel that deals with a lot of like historical events and stuff like I feel like the kids pick it up because they just like you said the cover's awesome they pick it up it's contemporary really easy to read but they're learning learning (laughs) they're learning a lot about history it's like but she doesn't have to like she doesn't have to market it like this is historical fiction and you will learn Mm -hmm. then most kids are like I'm not reading that like right so in fast pitch our main character is 12-year-old Shanice Lockwood. She's the captain of the Fulton, Fulton Firebirds, which is the only all-Black girls softball team. So she is like, 
her, she has the eye on the championships. She wants to lead her team to the championships and do well. That takes a lot like of her time. Like she's a bit obsessed with it because she's the, she's like trying to lead their team to like victory. So baseball, you learn that baseball runs in her family and through a great uncle, she learns about her great grandfather who played baseball in the all Negro league way back in the day. So again, here's Nick Stone brilliantly teaching us about like, what's the, what, what's the neighbor? Like, you're like, what is all, like, you don't, a lot of, even me, I'm like, oh, I didn't really know about that. And it's just amazing that you can just learn about this history as you're reading this great book. So she's, so she's having difficulty because all of a sudden she's like learning all this stuff in her, about her past. And then she's trying to figure out, and there's like this mystery, mysterious element because she learns that her, her great grandfather could have, you know, made it to the major leagues, but this event happened and he was like, something was stolen and it's like pinned on him. And then she's figuring out that it wasn't really him. And he, he sort of missed out on that, like the big leagues. It's just, it's amazing. Like it's, it's really good. It really reminded me of um, Varian Johnson's The Parker Inheritance because again, it's a middle grade story with young, young kids and they're just discovering this history and they're trying to solve this mystery. And that's exactly what Shanice is doing through this story. Um, the other thing I will mention is that we're in the world of clean getaway. So Shanice, oh, actually, I, love, I know. And Shanice actually goes to school with Scoob, who's our main character in clean getaway. And I love when authors do that when you're like, mm-hmm. they have those little Easter eggs, yep. those characters. Um, this one's a hit. I am not a baseball fan. Like I don't mind some sports, but baseball is like the bottom of my list. And I loved this book. And then there's me who like loves baseball. Like the MLB network is on all the time in my house. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, this is something I have to read this one. So you love, again, this cover, great yeah. cover, um, kids who like sports. Like, I mean, they don't, but that's, that's just, that's just it. Like yeah. you don't have to like sports. Nope. Exactly. It was, I really, really enjoyed it and highly recommend Nick Stone's Fast Pitch. All right. I'm going to talk to you about my two emergent picks for this year. I have to tell you, though, there were there were a lot of great um, early reader books that came out this year. It was really hard to pick just two. That being said, the two that I picked, like they sat on my desk all year. I didn't want to return them. I was like, oh, I don't really want to take this one back because it's just so good. Okay, my first one is called When Carrot Met Cookie by Erica S. Pearl, illustrated by Jonathan Fenske. Jonathan Fenske, you'll recognize his illustrations. He does a lot of the early um, early readers for kids. We have this as a level two. So I would say it's definitely um, a grade one or two level reading, depending on what your reader's at, really. Could be kindergarten if they're like a more advanced reader. So what I love about this book, it's, it's, a, it's a buddy read. Like it's an unlikely friendship between a carrot and a cookie. Um, and it's full of humor. It's witty. Um, adults will definitely appreciate all the witty humor throughout the book. I don't know if kids will understand it, but adults reading with their children will definitely have a little chuckle. Um, their friends will understand their relationship and they're a, bit, a little bit prejudiced about um, vegetables or if you're dessert, you're prejudiced against those you know, cookies, whatever. So it's, I love that it's, it just, it's a great introductory way in a very subtle way of introducing kids to prejudice, while also it is a a level reader. So they're reading it too. The language is simple. The words are simple. Kids are reading it, but there's a hidden message in there too. And I mean, you want to eat your vegetables too, which is kind of good. So that is um, When Carrot Met Cookie by Erica S. Pearl and illustrated, illustrated by Jonathan Fenske. That's one number one. Next, number two that I picked, I absolutely adored this book. Um, it is called Raymond the Buffalo. It was actually originally released in 2019 en français, uh, Raymond le Bisson. And um, they did a translation this year. It's by Lou Duchesne and illustrated by Kate Chappelle. Um, this book is beautiful. Like the cover's adorable. The illustrations throughout are absolutely adorable. I love the story. Um, it's Raymond is a buffalo and he lives inside a book. It's a story about Raymond, but the book is about, this book is about Gilbert having this book called Raymond the Buffalo. Anyway, one day mom gets Gilbert's book 
mixed up with all their library books. So guess what happens? And this is like a regular thing that happens here at the library. We get people's personal copies and they call and say, oh my gosh, I returned my kid's book. Um, so we have a shelf dedicated. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I know. <laughs> we have bins for like school library books too, like that get returned here. So this is what happens. And of course, Gilbert's in a panic. They come looking for the book and they can't find it. I'm not going to talk much more about the book other than that. I'm going to tell you this much read the book. It's humorous. The illustrations are great. It's a heartwarming story. I absolutely loved it. It's a great introductory chapter book. We actually have it in our junior fiction, not in our leveled readers um, section at the library. So it's a perfect introduction to readers who are just starting to like really get into chapter books, like, but very early, obviously. Um, it's a great book, Raymond the Buffalo by Lou Duchesne and illustrated by Kate Chappelle. It may leave you wanting to eat pickles. I'm just saying, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but you gave, you gave me your pickles. <laughs> Thank you again for that gift basket, Laura. You're welcome. Okay. Sorry. I digress. Uh, my next two books are brilliant. They're I've got two Indigenous authors and I, okay, so as Laura mentioned, it was really hard to decide on the titles we wanted to choose for this episode because I had it in my head that we would do a total of 21, 21 best of 2021 I, because it's just I like the alliteration sounds good. Mm -hmm. But in doing that with the buddy read, that meant that we each had to stick to 10 each. So my graphic novel that I selected, like there was several graphic novels that I wanted to talk about, but this one I think was my favorite. It's a bit of a heavier topic, um, but it's one I think we all should read. So my graphic novel that I chose was Thomas King's Borders, illustrated by Natasha Donovan. Did you read it, Laura? I did. You did? Okay. Yeah. So this book, okay, so very briefly... We have an unnamed narrator and he is traveling with his mother to visit his sister who has recently moved to Salt Lake City. They live in Canada in Alberta and they are stopped at the border. And when the customs officer asks his mother her nationality, nationality she says Blackfoot. So the whole story is about her, like, her and her son going from the Canadian border to the U.S. border, trying to get, like, trying to visit their daughter and then get denied and then trying to go back home. And they won't let her go in either direction because she won't declare if she's a Canadian or an American. Right. And it is heartbreaking. There were times in the story where I was just like, geez, just, just say, like, why? Why do you keep fighting it? And... Yeah, yeah it's tense and it's sad and it really he really just highlights the absurdity and I guess prejudice like prejudice of this family the illustrations are done by Métis artist Natasha Donovan they are delicate and just beautiful like they're very soft mm -hmm. and she really captures the facial expressions of each of the characters because the text is very minimal. There's not a lot of dialogue, the text is very minimal, but the expressions of the, the, the family, the officers, like there's just some, they're just, they're just brilliantly done. And I actually, I watched an interview with Thomas King and he said, you know, I just wrote the words, but the story is really Natasha's because she brought this story to life with those illustrations. It's so and true. Like that, you feel, like you feel those emotions looking at those oh, illustrations. I'm getting, it's I'm true. Just thinking about yeah. it. It's, it's, it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful book. It's a, it's, wow. Like I, I highly recommend it. Um, that's all I will say. Just pick it up. Oh, the last thing I will say, sorry, I lied. Um, some read likes for it that I, we've talked about on the show would be Jasmine Warga's Other Words for Home. I think if you enjoyed that, we're, we're discussing some similar topics there. And Ada Salazar's Land, Land of Cranes, two great middle grade books that really pair well with Borders by Thomas King. Okay, my next book 
is a novel in verse, which I love. And again, there was so many novel in verse. No, I wanted to add, and I'm like, oh, like I, what am I gonna do? So I went with Joseph Bruchak's Res Dogs, and I had put this on a couple lists throughout the summer because I think I, I think it's fantastic. So this one, it's a verse novel. It's the only book I think that we discuss in this episode that actually deals with the pandemic. So it's talking specifically about a time when COVID-19 is a real thing. And we've got a young girl, Malian, and she's staying with her grandparents on their res because there's been a stay at home order. So her family, like her parents live in the city. I believe they live in Boston. And for safety reasons, she decides because there's like a stay at home order to stay at the on the reservation with her to with her grandparents. And in the during that time, she's doing online school, all these things that we were dealing with last year. And she's visited by a dog who like becomes sort of her little guardian. I think his name is Malsum. And she's just trying to get through her day. Like she's just trying, she's just a kid. She's just trying to do her her studies during a pandemic and she's with her grandparents. And woven throughout the story is other stories that her grandparents are telling her. And it's beautiful and it's moving. It really shows that like the oral tradition sure. with these indigenous stories. And it, it it's absolutely, it's beautiful. It's 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 sad at times um but you see you really feel the love that Mm -hmm. she has with her grandparents as they share you know what their life used to be like and and they really relate to what she's feeling as a kid who's like secluded like she's not around her parents she doesn't have her friends um it's really great he so joseph bruchak was another one that i went down a bit of a rabbit hole because i haven't read much by him before and um one of the quotes that I wrote down with my notes is he talks about how we need to listen twice as much as we talk because we have two ears and only one mouth and that just like honestly isn't that beautiful it's so it is so true and I I just I absolutely loved it I highly recommend this first novel that's Joseph Bruchak's Res Dogs I wanted to add to Leanna, I feel like um, Res Dogs would really pair well picture book wise with On the Trap Line by David Robertson, illustrated by Julie Flett. It would be a great one because it's that grandparent relationship with the grandchild. Really good for a picture book pairing. So, okay. I'm here with my two middle grade picks for the year. Uh, I definitely could have chosen a lot more, um, but I'm going to give you these two that are like really stuck with me this year. My first is also a novel written in verse and it is Starfish by Lisa Phipps. Listen, this book is going to be on a lot of lists this year. And I tried to not necessarily pick books that you'd see on the list, but I love this book. Like I read it early spring and this book stuck with me all year long. I love, love, love this book. Um, and it's, it's actually Lisa Phipps debut novel which is fantastic it's a story about ellie she's an overweight tween who has spent much of her life being bullied and not just by the public and her friends by her family as well um she takes solace and refuge in her swimming pool where she is weightless and can just starfish hence hence your your title starfish the book is absolutely amazing it's going to make you feel a lot of things as you read this book you're going to feel uh you're going to feel sympathy and empathy for Ellie. You're also going to have a little bit of heartbreak and you're going to feel anger, everything. You're just going to feel a whole, it's a roller coaster of emotions throughout this entire novel. I loved it. it like I said, it stuck with me all year long. Starfish by Lisa Phipps. I also feel that it really would pair well with, um, there's a picture book that came out this year. It's called Beautifully Me by Nabella Noor and illustrated by Nabi Ali. It was a great picture book also about, um, acceptance of yourself no matter what you look like just you know feeling beautiful in the body that you're in so I love love this book Starfish by Lisa Phipps that's my first middle grade next is I picked a fun one 
Because I feel like often we're picking these heavy topics. But this, that being said, this is a fun book, but there's heavy topics within it that you kind of have to read it. To, I'm not going to give it away. I won't tell you too much. But anyway, this book is called Simon B. Ryman, and it is by Dwayne Reed. If you choose to pick up this book, I really highly recommend that you do the audio. That's all I'm saying. Um, so the book is about 11 year old Simon Barnes. He is getting ready for the first day of fifth grade when we meet him and he's an aspiring rapper who he just lacks a little bit of confidence in terms of like wanting to show off his skills in front of people other than his family. Um, the first week of school, they're given a project to create an oral presentation about something that affects their community by this amazing teacher that they have, a teacher who is also a rapper and likes to get up and rhyme. So here's the thing about Dwayne Reed. Dwayne Reed is a teacher and he gained a lot of, um, he went viral on YouTube because of his welcome to fourth grade YouTube video where he raps it. So he's, he's a lot of fun. Like if you have Dwayne Reed as your teacher, you're one lucky kid, I would say, because he makes learning a lot of fun. So anyway, back to Simon. Uh, Simon looks to his street to begin to observe and ask questions about his community to find a really good um, topic to do his presentation on. This book deals with families, friendships, community, and definitely social issues. It's a great book to get young people thinking and seeing with an empathetic eye. I'm not going to give much away with the book. I will tell you this. It is a ton of fun. If you like rap, there's definitely his rhymes are throughout the book. Uh, I love there's really cute illustrations throughout the book as well. Um, but definitely, if you're going to do it, I really highly recommend the audiobook. And it's actually, it's um, narrated by the author. So that is Simon B. Ryman by Dwayne Reed. Does, does Dwayne Reed rap? In the book. He does. When you're listening to the audio. Is yes. Like That's why I'm like, oh my gosh. Like if you've read the book, it's fine. But when you add that audio element to it, you're like, ah, there it is. Like, it's great. So. Yes. And Laura and I are audiobook connoisseurs. So when oh. we tell you to pick up the audiobook instead of the book book, you listen to the audiobook. <laughs> so good. Like there, there is some that translate just, they just, there's just another layer. Absolutely. To it. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Okay, I'm making a bit of a left turn from your fun. Do it. Simon B. Ryman. Such a great title. So I read, so I have another middle grade. I did a debut by Kate Albus, A Place to Hang the Moon. And I have to say, when I was doing my notes, I was, I scribbled A Place to Hang the Sun. But I assure you, I read this book. <laughs> sun, moon, same difference. Okay, so this is an historical fiction about three siblings, three orphaned siblings. We've got William, he's 12, Edmund is 11, and Anna is nine. When the book opens, their wealthy grandmother has died. So they're already orphans. We've got dead parents, and then the grandmother dies. It's a little bleak. It's a little bleak. Aww. The solicitor who's in charge, so, but they're, they have money, like there's wealth, but it's during World but War kids. II. And they're kids. So it's during World War II. And their solicitor decides to ship them off away to the countryside, which is reminded me a lot of Narnia. Um, although they weren't orphans, they were shipped. They were shipped away from all the crazy war stuff. So the chaos, yeah. The countryside, in hopes of a family. So they go to stay with a family, and the solicitor's like, just you know, be good little kids, and they will hopefully they'll adopt you. So they stay with a couple, they have foster parents and they're just trying to figure out who these people are and how they fit in with the foster family and the kids. Sometimes it goes well, sometimes it's not so great until they meet the local librarian. And she is like all librarians, a sweet baby angel who... Like all librarians? Like all librarians. Oh, <laughs> so she but it's interesting because she's a bit of a pariah in the town there's some history with her and it sort of alludes to some obviously I'm not going to tell you but she sort of takes them under their wing um and really like she shared the kids love reading I mean how, how much like I love reading books where there's kids who love reading so they really enjoy going to the library they bond with again that sweet baby angel librarian this is, a, like I said, this is a great historical fiction. 
it's, I mean, some read, some obvious read likes are the war that saved my life, but it's not as heavy. Like this is world war two, but it's not like heavy, heavy. Like it's, it's sort of like, there's not, there's a, a crisis here and there, but it's not too much because I feel like the wittiness and the spunky characters give it a, like a lemony snicket vibe. Like it has like that yep. fun whimsical Delicious. kind of feel to it. It was it, like, it, it was an absolute delight to read. It reminded me like of like the Vanderbeekers, like if you mm-hmm. like Vanderbeekers and the family, like it's great. I can't believe it was a debut because it, I thought it was, I thought it was excellent. That's Kate Elvis, Elvis's A Place to Hang the Moon. Okay. So my next book, which I don't have with me because I think I gifted it to one of my daughter's friends <laughs> for Christmas. So I had it and then I, I gifted it. So I don't like not being able to look at the cover, but I can assure you the cover is absolutely gorgeous. Yes. That's Anne, Anne Barden's Flight of the Puffin. I already knew what you're talking about before you even said, isn't that funny? I was like, I know what you're talking about. It's a I great know, cover. But, but you know what? All the cover, all my middle grade, I know. Books, all the covers are great. The only yeah. one, the only one that is not enjoyable is Pony. <laughs> Sorry. So this is contemporary fiction book and it's told through four different um, points of view. So we've got four main character. We've got Libby. She's an artist. The book opens with Libby getting in trouble because she's painting a mural when she's not supposed to be painting a mural on a random wall. And she comes from a family that's going through a bit of a hard time. Her brother has gotten into trouble. So she's just sort of pigeonholed into that. Well, you come from that family, you're going to get in trouble. We've got Jack. He goes to this and they're all like on the East and West coast in the U S they're all in separate cities. So they're like far apart. So we've got Jack. He's dealing with the tragic loss of a younger brother and he goes to this tiny school. I think there's only like 20 students at the school and he's dealing with some issues with just basically how the schools run because they, there's like, they're trying to just be inclusive. They're trying to incorporate some inclusivity to the school, but, but because it's so small and they're dealing with funding issues, he sort of becomes a spokesperson to fight for that. And then we've got Vincent and Vincent is dealing with, so he's dealing with some mental health issues. He doesn't have many friends. He's a bit of a loner. He doesn't fit in at school because everyone basically thinks he's a bit of a weirdo. His mom is super worried about him. It's really sad, but you love Vincent. Like you, you're, you're reading these stories through the eyes of these characters and you really feel what they're struggling with and what they're going through. And our last character is a bit of a mystery. I'm not going to give you too much about him, them, sorry. Um, but their name is T. You get the sort of, you get the impression that they're living on the street. He's isolated. You don't know why they're on the street. Okay. So those are our four main characters. This is not a light read, obviously just based on what I just mentioned, we're dealing with some heavy topics. However, this is metal grade. Those heavy topics are going to be, there's gonna be a satisfying conclusion and a happy ending because these four kids connect with one another and they, reading about their struggle, they, they, they find a connection. Part of the connection has to do with Libby leaving little notes for people, like inspirational notes of gratitude and just things to make people feel good about themselves. It reminded me of like the rocks that you find throughout the city. Love that, painted rocks, yeah. The painted rock, yes. So that's basically what Libby's doing is leaving instead of rocks, their little notes. And the four of them connect. And yes, it's it's a character driven book that deals with a lot of emotions and issues. Um, it's about self-acceptance and how really like when you're in middle school, just, just be nice. <laughs> just be nice. Just, just be in nice. life. In just life, be, be nice. nice. Please be nice. You don't know what people are going through. You don't know their home life. You don't know what's going on, their relationship with their siblings or their parents. Or themselves. You just, yeah, you just do it nice. So just be nice. If Ann Barden taught me anything or not taught me but reminded me teaching all of our young readers is just to be nice and pick up flight of the puffin. It's a brilliant, brilliant book. 
Okay, I am here with my five picture books for the year. I'm going to preface this with saying this was a really, really, really hard decision. Um, and like I said before, I've tried to pick books that necessarily aren't going to be on other best of lists this year because, I mean, not to say that they weren't, there was a lot of great books and those books that are on other lists, I loved too. So I kind of took a little side and picked some other ones that maybe you don't know about, you maybe not won't hear about. So my first picture book, I'm going to go in alphabetical order here, is called James's Reading Rescue. It's written by Diana wilson Sirkovsky and illustrated by Sarah Casita. Uh, she's a, um, Diana's a Canadian author. She's actually from Montreal. I think, I believe she's a professor or works for a university there. Um, what I love about this book is that given the last couple of years, I don't know about other parents, but maybe your children are not at grade level with what they're supposed to be learning at, especially with their reading, with given the last couple of years of what schooling's looked like for all of us. So this book really stuck with me. It really hit, um, hit home for me. It also would pair really well with a book called A Walk in the Words by Hudson Talbot, which was another fantastic book that came out this year about um, learning, reading. So this book is about James. He's having a hard time with reading and he needs to gain confidence. His teacher is telling him he needs to do more reading aloud. But um, it's hard to do that, especially when you're having a hard time reading the words that are on the page. Um, he finds some book buddies at the local animal shelter, especially the cats. He practices his reading. He stumbles over the words, but there's no judgment from the cats. Eventually, he gains confidence. And of course, he gains some new furry friends. This book is great. The illustrations are beautiful. They're subtle and adorable. That's James's Reading Rescue by Diana wilson Sarkovsky, illustrated by Sarah Casita. Book one. Done. Okay, next is The Midnight Club by Sheen Goth and illustrated by Yong Ling Kang. I love this book. It is about two siblings and they are part of the Midnight Club. They're um, like there's what do you call it? Not like a handshake or whatever, but one hand is a one and the other is a two and that's there their club. So it's about siblings waiting up until midnight when they know that everyone else in the house is sleeping and what happens in the middle of the night. I mean, if you have kids at home, they may conspire to like do this sort of thing. I happen to have children at home who do this exact thing. So this book really hit home with me. I absolutely loved it just from the title alone. Uh, the illustrations by Youngling Kang are adorable too. The colors that they use are fantastic. This book is just great. It's all about the wonder and mischief of being up in the middle of the night. It's a big thing for kids. What is it like to be up in the middle of the night? As an adult, I can tell you it's really not worth it because you're just really tired the next day. <laughs> Anyway, that is The Midnight Club by Shane Goth, illustrated by Yong Ling Kang. Next is, this one you'll probably find another list, but I really liked it. It cracked me up. The Rock from the Sky by John Klassen. And I've said to Leanna, it's funny because I often get Oliver Jeffers and John Klassen confused. And I don't know why, like their illustrations are similar, but not necessarily at the same time. Um, anyway, I love this book. It's a really cute and funny book about a tortoise and an armadillo who are looking for the perfect place to stand. Uh, the humor and simplicity in the book are perfection. Classen's illustrations are, of course, classic John Classen. They're amazing. You love them. It's a long book in terms of the number of pages. I think it's like 90 something pages, but there's not a lot of words on the pages. And it's perfect to do um, to share with like your child if they're learning how to read because of the text and the language is very simple. So really it's great for a reluctant reader to pick this up and sit with them and read together. Um, I loved it. That's The Rock from the Sky by John Klassen. Next, I'm going through pretty quick, this is good. All right, my next book is called Thankful. It's written by Elaine Vickers and the illustrations are by Samantha Cottrell. Uh, Elaine Vickers is a middle grade author and I've read a couple of her other, um, her middle grade books are fantastic. I love Like Magic, it was fantastic. So this is Thankful. Uh, it's her first picture book. It's a beautiful story about taking the time to reflect on all that we can be thankful for. In the process throughout her book, you see a little girl creating paper chains as she goes. So she's writing down the things she's thankful for and writing it on a piece of paper and making these links. I love that this book could be a springboard to use in a classroom setting or a school setting, really, a library setting. Come in, write down what you're thankful for and make that paper chain. And let's just see how long our chain can get with all that we're thankful for. Um, 
it's a beautiful book. The words are fantastic. Uh, but let's just talk about the illustrations because Samantha Cottrell's illustrations are amazing. She's very much like Ellie Mackay that she does her diorama illustrations. Um, but I love the use of bright colors that she uses throughout. It is, it's just a, it visually, it's a great book to look at, not to mention the sentiment in the story itself. That's Thankful by Elaine Vickers and of course illustrated wonderfully by Samantha Cottrell. Book five. Look at that. Look at me. Book five. Okay. Do you want to take a drink? Maybe. Okay. I feel like we do. We, I didn't start a timer. <laughs> you have just trying to be quick. And I'm a fast talker. So this is good. Okay. So my last book, last but not least, I have to tell you that this is my, I think, visually and the story why I just love this book I love it it's beautiful there were a lot of great picture books that came out this year that um were about dance I found Leopold's Leotard was a really funny one there's Teo's Tutu which was fantastic um My Daddy Can Fly Dancing with My Daddy there were some really great picture books this year that revolved around dance um this one though in particular is called When Langston Dances I'm going to slow down my 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 talk in here because I loved this book and I really want people to pick it up and appreciate the beauty in this book. It is written by Keisha Langley and illustrated beautifully by Keith Mallett. It's the story of, of a boy named Langston, obviously, and he go he loves basketball, but his mom takes him to see the ballet and that's it. He likes basketball, but man, he adores ballet. And it's about Langston taking given the opportunity to go to a dance studio explore different dances and really discover that you know what no I really do love ballet what I love about this book is that not only is uh, Langston a black young black boy but he's a boy in a dance studio which um, I feel like there's a lot of you know cliches around that and not necessarily I mean that's it shouldn't be I love that it's you're open to a boy appreciating how wonderful dance is and ballet in particular because it's beautiful this book it just it took my breath away it is just it's absolutely stunning um yeah I just I loved it it's when Langston dances written by Keisha Langley and illustrated beautifully by Keith Mallett I absolutely adored this book I'm getting a um Billy Elliot vibe yes like a diverse Billy Elliot totally totally which is right I I brought my daughter to to see it live yeah cuss cuss words and all but it's but that's just the story of a little just you know breaking down those barriers absolutely absolutely specific sports yep I love it I love it Laura great pick yeah okay so I have two more books and they're both middle grade I think everything I'm just I'm middle grade crazy this month. So my next book is another novel in verse by Reem Faruqi called Unsettled. Again, breathtaking artwork, breathtaking cover. That cover is awesome. It's just, it's even the spine. Like when you look at the spine on the shelf, like it's just, I know it doesn't have to be, um, faced out. You can just look at the spine. Yeah, it's true. I'm going to pick up that one. It's gorgeous. So this is a novel in verse, but it really feels like a book of poetry because each section has a title. So it looks like a book of poetry, but it's all, it goes all in sequence. It's all in the same story. The illustrations inside the book are just as breathtaking. I just, I'm flipping through it now and I'm like, oh, she, this is just absolutely, absolutely beautiful. And it's a story of a young Pakistani girl named Nura, N-U-R-A-H. She's 13 years old. She's living her life in Pakistan. She loves it. She has friends. She's thriving. School's great. Everything is perfect until her dad wants to immigrate to the United States. Yay. So she's like, great, let's go to Georgia. So Nura moves with her family, her older brother and her mom and dad to go to Georgia. And I, all I have to think is, wow, that, that just does not sound fun in the slightest for poor Nura. She figures things out. It's a tough go. She makes a friend at swimming. She's a swimmer. Her and her brother are great swimmers. And she finds her people. And things are hard, but they, you know, they slowly 
start to work out, but it's not the easiest process. I mean, it's not the easiest process to move from different schools in the same city, <laughs> let alone moving from a country. I can't even imagine. The book is really stunning. It's poetic and beautiful. I think middle schoolers struggling to fit in the story will definitely resonate with them. It reminded me a lot of Kelly Yang's The Three Keys series, um, like say, and also Save Me a Seat, which we discussed. Mm, in yeah, totally. Episode. Just that immigrant experience. It's um, it really captures her voice and how she's feeling, and the title, like Unsettled, is just a brilliant title. I I really really enjoyed this. Um, yeah, it. It's great. It's hopeful. It's lyrical. It's got all this like floral and paisley artwork throughout. It, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful book. Definitely pick it up. It's Reem Faruqi's Unsettled. Okay. Last one. I can't talk as fast as you, Laura, but. Sorry. Um, it's just like in my nature. I won't tell you how fast I listen to audiobooks when I do them either. So. <laughs> oh gosh. I, I listen to faster than one, but probably not as fast as you. I'm not Lorelai Gilmore. <laughs> okay, so my final book is also a middle grade by Canadian author Chad Lucas. So this is, um, so the title is Thanks a Lot Universe. It's a contemporary novel set in Halifax, of all places, which is great. So we got like a little bit of an eating connection. It's good. Yeah, like I, I, I love that. So this one, we've got two points of view. We've got Brian and then Ezra, and the book opens on a pretty serious, it has a pretty serious start. So Brian, he's about to celebrate his birthday, and he's playing basketball with his dad, and his dad promises that he will be at his birthday party, and then the next day, he wakes up, and his mom is basically having a nervous breakdown because the father has left, and you come to learn that the father is in trouble. You don't know what he's in trouble for, but he's basically running from the loss. And then to top it all off, the mother ODs on some pills because she can't deal with the challenges. She survives, but obviously her attempt is enough to send Brian and his little brother to a foster, foster family while his family figures their stuff out. So he's trying to go to school. He's in, he's in grade seven. Like he's just trying to go to school and deal with this family drama. But he's also struggling with panic attacks and other mental health issues, obviously, because his whole world is just crumbling before him. So at his school, there's a basketball player named Ezra. He's part Trinidadian and Polish. And he's an, I love all the, the perspectives from him are just, just so great you'll fall in love with Ezra and the story just again it's about just two young kids connecting and how all it takes is that one person to be nice and to help you through that rough time I love I, I love the way Chad Lucas wrote I think he did such a great job writing these two characters um yeah, it's a, it's a heavy one though. I can't believe it's a debut. Um, yeah, it's, it's a heavy one. I mean, there's some, there's some painful stuff going on, but again, it has a happy ending. They, these two boys form a friendship. I should add that it's coming of age and it does have like an LGBTQ um, part to it involving Ezra, which I think is so important, especially for kids these days. Um, I really loved it. I think it pairs really well with um, Lily and Duncan. Not sure if you read that one, Laura. And Lisa Bunker's Zenobia July. It's great. Great one to end with. Um, that's Chad Lucas's Thanks a Lot Universe. Okay, so that's our 21 favorites of 2021. That's it. That's it. Oh, we could have done way more, but we did 21. Yeah, we wanted to, it to be a little less than three hours. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Laura, do you want to talk about the Take and Make kit? Yeah, so our Take and Make kits will be available January 11th at both locations, the main library and of course our St. Paul branch. In it this month, you're going to find your own little reading journal where we want you to track all the books that you're reading this year. Maybe set a goal of how many books you want to read this year. I'm kind of, we're kind of curious to find out. I know I always set a goal in my Goodreads account and I try and really hard to make that goal every year. So hopefully you can do the same for you. Awesome. Yeah. Pick up those kits. And we want to hear from you. We're really at a loss for knowing who's listening, what you like about the podcast, what you think is missing in the podcast. So if you want to reach out with any comment, any um, recommendations, and just absolutely anything, please reach out to Laura and I, you can directly email us info at brantfordlibrary.ca. Perfect. Love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you and we hope that you have a great start to your 2022. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. We hope we've introduced you to some new authors and children's titles. All the books discussed today are available in print and digital format on either Overdrive, Cloud Library, or Hoopla. Please visit brantfordlibrary.ca for more information about this podcast and other fantastic programs the library has to offer. Thanks. Bye-bye. Juicebox Book Talks is a Brantford Public Library podcast developed by Leanna Flumiani, that's me, and me, Laura Virag. Music provided by Purple Planet through purple-planet.com. 